Hey, we're in a series right now called No Love and No Money. And we're gonna be taking the next several weeks to just really build and invest in your life uh, as a couple, uh, if you're married, and even if you're not married, like we wanna give you some things that I believe that will be beneficial to you and that's gonna help you grow in your walk with Christ. And so we wanna give you some tools. As a matter of fact, all of our small groups are centered around a lot of these concepts. We got marriage small groups that just kicked off. So you can still join a marriage small group this Wednesday. We got finance small groups going on. We got community small groups. We got a parenting small group. Some of you need to be in that. I won't tell you which ones, but you know, right? You know if you need it or not. And all those things are kicking off on Wednesday night. So I would love for you to be a part of that. But we kind of talked about, and when we're talking about marriage, we're talking about some goals that we want to have for your relationship. And last week we kicked off this idea that your marriage should be centered on Jesus that your marriage should be centered on Jesus. And if your marriage is gonna be centered on Jesus, one thing that I said that you could do, it's a simple thing, is to just pray with each other, to pray with each other. And for those of you that took that challenge, maybe you started praying with your spouse this past week, I guarantee you probably found some tension. Uh, I guarantee there were some things that came up that maybe you started arguing about or something that caused you to be upset with the other person because I believe the enemy wants to keep you from being spiritually connected with your spouse. Uh, I can tell you, I've spoken with several couples this past week that are just going through some tension that are going through some trials. And I believe it's because the enemy is coming after you and he wants to separate you. And if he can do that in your life, then he's one. And one way he'll do that is to spiritually disconnect you. The second goal we're gonna talk about today that we're gonna have is simply this, uh, driven by mission. I want you to have a marriage that is driven by mission. So what does that actually mean? Like, in other words, your marriage should be moving towards something. Your marriage should be moving towards something. So the thought that I wanna kinda kick off today is this, that the foundation of a godly marriage isn't happiness. Some of you are saying like, this is why people don't get married. You know why? I was no longer happy. The goal in your marriage is not your happiness, it's unity. It's unity. So if you're watching online right now, if you're here in the room, if you're feeling unhappy in your relationship, hey, I want you to know, congratulations, that's called marriage. There's a time in your marriage when you're just gonna be unhappy, but there's a difference between allowing the unhappiness to win and to push through through something better. And that comes when your marriage is driven by mission. You know, most people in marriage, they feel like as long as you get what you want, you're good. But when you start to not get your way, then it causes unhappiness, right? Kids tend to be sometimes a source of unhappiness. When Aaron and I were first married, we got married in the month of May. And uh, several months together, things were going great. And then the fall came. And you know what happens in the fall? Football, that's right, everyone knows. And let's not talk about last Sunday for Denver. I've already had the calls. I was sick, I threw up, threw up for three days straight. All right, it was honestly, it was horrible. Um, <clears throat> Auburn fans, can you relate? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm talking about. It was horrible. So, <laughs> roll tide, like you guys, it's easy to say that when you play high school teams, you know what I'm saying? So, um, 
Aaron and I, we were first, when we, were, when we got into the fall, football happened. And you know what? Like, it's amazing. I was a student pastor at the time. So I had teenagers that played football. So that's Friday night lights, right? We're going to watch football games on Friday. And then God blesses you with like Saturday football games, which can last all day. And so I watch games all day. I mean, it's great. You're watching like the 11 o'clock game. That's the three o'clock game. You're switching back and forth. You got the six o'clock game, all right? You just got all these games. And then Sunday's when real football happens. All right, that's just my opinion. I know we're in Collegeville here. Uh, but then that's the NFL and I'm watching all these games. And then it's, you have Monday night football. So it's just, there's like several days of football. It's honestly really incredible. And I was just doing my thing. Right? Because before I met Aaron, I just watched all the football that I wanted to. I didn't want to ask and talk, can I do this? I just do what I want because I was a man. You know what I'm saying? Like I just did what I want. And we were watching football and Denver was going to come on, uh, I think it was a Monday night. And Aaron says to me, I'm done with football. We're watching something else. And I was like, <laughs> after the Denver game, right? Because uh, they're about to play. I really don't care what you want to watch. And she says, well, you've watched football all weekend and we were at the games. It's time to watch something else. I want to watch Food Network. <laughs> I was like, you, I was like, oh, you're so cute. But no, we're not doing that. We're going to watch this Denver game. And it caused a little bit of tension. I said, you know what? Like, this is ridiculous. This is, this is ridiculous. We have one TV in our house we should have two TVs, one in the bedroom, one in here, so you can watch whatever you want to watch, and I can watch whatever I want to watch. And then she says to me, you would rather buy two TVs than to watch TV with me? And I was like, yes, I would. <laughs> absolutely, I would. Right? I, absolutely. And you know what? That was the cause of an argument, pretty big one. So you know what we end up doing? I watched Food Network and I was mad about it, right? Like, it's like, now I have to pick and choose. Hey, but I learned about Bobby Flay. That was like, Iron Chef was big. Morimoto, my favorite biasness, obviously, right? But like, I got to learn some new things about it and we had to talk through it all, right? And everyone knows that, like in marriage, it's a struggle. You have to go through things together and you don't understand like your tics and the things that make someone upset or not upset. And you find out very quickly the things that make someone happy or unhappy. The things that you thought were cute are the very things that annoy you now, right? The things that you love that they did are the things you wish they no longer did. So marriages, as long as you're happy, Stay together. If you're unhappy, it's the reason for someone to leave. But here's how it went in the very beginning in the garden. I want you to go back to this. It says in Genesis 1, God created human beings in his own image. I think this is so important, especially in our society, in our world today. Kids are going back to school. Science will tell them something. We were created in God's image. We didn't evolve to that. He created us that way. We're human beings for a reason. We're the supreme over all things. We're in God's image says, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Again, super important for other reasons we won't get into. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. You know what God didn't say? Adam and Eve, here's what I want you to do. You got this whole garden. Here, you're naked. Be happy. Be happy. Follow your heart. Whatever your heart says, do it, YOLO, right? 
God didn't say that to them specifically. He gave them a mission. And what was this mission? He says, create, multiply, lead, and govern the earth. That's what he said to do. He says, go do those things. As a matter of fact, Jesus, before he left the world after his crucifixion said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing people. So God and Jesus both giving commands to the world to preach the gospel. But then listen in Genesis chapter two, it says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. The two are united, united into one. That's actually our theme for this year. We have this idea of this uncommon unity. So in other words, in a marriage, you're to be united, which is an uncommon unity. You may have heard it said that marriage is 50-50. I'm here to tell you that it is not. It is not 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. You give 100% even if your spouse gives zero. Now I know that sounds unfair and is unfair, but so It was also unfair when Jesus took our place on the cross and chose to give us life and forgave us of everything we've ever done. No matter what your spouse has done to you, it pales into comparison to what we've done to God. We don't deserve life. He gives it to us anyways. That's real New Testament marriage. I will give all of myself to you, even when I feel like giving zero. And even if you don't pull your weight, and even if you're causing the source of my anger and pain and frustration and anxiety, I will still choose to love you and give you all of me, even though I wanna give you none of me. That is real New Testament marriage. The issue comes in when neither couple wants to give 100%. And that's where the struggle is going to be. So we kind of say it like this, what God seeks to unite, and that goes all the way back to the very beginning, the two are united into one. The devil schemes to divide. So we talked about last week, and it's true. What God is bringing together, the devil wants to separate. It's no question for people, especially you're here at church on Sunday, you're watching online, Here you are, you follow the Lord, you love God at some level because you're here today, you're trying to do the right thing, right? You're trying to make faith a part of your life. It's no wonder that when you start trying to do the right thing, the devil is gonna try a little bit harder to keep you from doing the right thing. Spiritual disconnection. And you might say, pastor, we tried praying this last week. It just did not work. Is it no wonder that like when you were trying to pray together at night, something happened or your kids needed you or just caused this thing or something took place and you didn't do it and you had good intentions, but it just didn't happen. Or you find yourself arguing and fussing about certain things because the devil is scheming for ways to divide you, to keep your hearts cold to each other. And so what happens there in the garden, God brings Adam and Eve together. He's like, all of this is yours, which honestly is just incredible when you think about this world that God had created. And it says the serpent comes in and he tempts Eve and says, hey, don't you think this looks pretty good? You know, you're not happy. This fruit right here would make you happy. And so she eats it, Adam's standing right there. Honestly, it's the first time the dude dropped the ball, like he should have been protecting his wife. He wasn't protecting her. And so he sins as well. And it says that sin enters the entire world. God comes later in that night. At that point, God would actually walk and speak to man. 
And he shows up and he's looking for Adam and Eve. And what are they doing? They're playing hide and seek. They're hiding. And he says, where are you? Well, we're hiding. Why are you hiding? We're naked. Who told you that? And then this is the first time in scripture, uh, this translation is lost somewhere, but the terminology thrown under the bus, that's actually right there in Genesis chapter three, right? It's like, hey, uh, actually God, things are great. This woman right here, it's all her fault. All her fault. I don't even know, like, can you give me a new model? Like, I don't know, like she did not obey. And what does Eve do? She throws the snake under the bus. Oh, it's the snake, I was tricked, it was the snake. And then because of that brokenness has entered our world. As a matter of fact, all of us were here today, we are broken people. All goes back to that one very thing in the world. The very first sin has spread throughout all of humanity, which is why we need a savior. From the very beginning, the enemy is out to get you. He hates you. He hates the fact that if you are marrying, he hates that. If you're fighting, he loves that. If things, there's tension and you feel like your spouse is the enemy, that's exactly what he wants you to think. Your spouse is the enemy. When you've taken your eyes off the real enemy, and when you learn who your real enemy is and you start fighting that enemy, you'll find this unitedness in your marriage that you have not experienced before. In Amos 3, it says this, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? I think that's so true. In marriage, you can't go together in the same direction if you feel differently about things. And I'm not saying like, you can't be different people. And we're not talking about personalities and desires and wants, but you have to determine what direction you're gonna go together in your marriage. The enemy wants to separate you, to get you to go your own direction, to follow your own path, to have your own hobbies, to have your own things, which ultimately isolate you from the other person. And when you're isolated, that's when you're tempted. When you're not with your spouse, that's when that person in the office who starts just like talking to you turns into a little bit longer conversation, turns into a little bit of innocent flirting, turns into we're just taking lunch break together, turns into, oh my gosh, I just cheated on my spouse. That's how that happens because the enemy wants to isolate. He wants to split you up. Different mission, different vision will equal brokenness in your marriage. So we're talking about an uncommon unity uncommon. You see, because it's common for spouses to just be upset at each other, to argue and to fight. You get together with your friends and they talk about all the horrible things their husbands do or all the things their wife won't do. And it's just this constant session of like, oh, I guess this is just how it is. And that's why there are websites out there dedicated to helping married people cheat on their spouse because it's just going to happen anyways, right? uncommon unity looks completely different than what our society says marriage should look like. There are a lot of us today that you're together, but you're not unified. And there's a difference. There's a unity within your hearts. So in the Bible, there are so many pictures of marriages that are jacked up. We could see time and time again, couple after couple that had some issues in their marriage. But what I wanna do is I wanna look at this couple. They're an amazing couple. There's not a lot of Bible verses written about them. There's not a lot to their story, but what we know of them, their life, 
and their marriage was centered on Jesus, they were living a mission together. So if you're here and you're a single person or maybe you've been separated or you're divorced, this is what maybe as you go forward, what you should be looking for and moving towards. In Romans 16, Paul, he's writing to the church at Rome and he shares some things that I think is really amazing. He says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. So in other words, Paul is saying, these aren't just regular people. They're literally people who've worked beside me. We've spent a lot of time together. I know them well. And I'm asking you to greet them as well, especially. So this is like a, like a shout out back in the day, right? It's like, he's on TV. He's like, hey, and if I could talk to anyone, Priscilla and Aquila, I'm talking to you. Thank you so much. Listen to what he says there in verse four. He says, in fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them. And so are all the Gentile churches. In other words, all the other churches that Paul had started, they were thankful for this couple. And Paul spoke about this couple because his life was on the line and they risked it for him. He says, also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. In other words, not only that, but they had a church that met in their house. And so this was a couple that was just centered by mission. They supported Paul. They put their lives on the line for him. So they understood how to live for God. They understood how to live for God. They just did things together. See, their marriage had a greater purpose. And that's the same thing. If you're single, live your life for greater purpose. And then when you can find someone that wants to share in that purpose with you, that's someone worth sharing your life with. Their life had greater purpose. Right, so if you want a mission-driven marriage in the future, you live a mission-driven life today. You don't say, well, when I'm married, then I'll do these things. No, you do those things and then God may bring someone along the way. If you're married, what is your mission? Like, what is that thing that you say, like, this is what our marriage is about. This is the thing that we wanna do. Like, this is how we're gonna live our life. And, and here are the things that we're gonna be a part of. Here are the things that we won't be a part of. And I'm not just talking about like serving in the church. That should be a part. Like if you say, hey, Cornerstone is my home. This is the place where I say, this is, this is my church. Like, this is the place where I, I give. This is where my family goes. This is where I attend. Then yeah, absolutely serving should be something we naturally do. The scriptures calls the church a body and our body remains dysfunctional until each part of the body does their part, right? So we do what we're supposed to do within the church, but I'm talking even outside church. What is your mission together? What does your marriage look like? What are the things that you're doing? How do you show God's love? For Erin, um, one of the things that she loves to do is she, she hey, listen, girl can cook, all right? And honestly, the only reason why I still look like this is because Asians have high metabolism. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's slowing down a lot and it just all goes in my midsection, which is honestly horrible, right? Like I can't help it. Uh, it doesn't go anywhere else. I'd take some on the backside, but it don't go there, right? So <clears throat> girl can cook. You know why? Because her mama can cook. All right, her mama can cook and uh, she, she can cook. So I, that's one of the things I prayed for. I was, if you're single, if you're a dude here, maybe this might bless you. I prayed for three Gs. I wanted someone who was godly. I wanted someone who was good looking and I wanted someone who knew how to make gravy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so, um, you know, 
biscuits and gravy chickens. There's all sorts of things that gravy, like gravy is just amazing for everything. I'm just saying. So she had those three things. She loves to cook and Aaron loves to make meals for people. And I, I've seen her do that time and time again where someone's sick or something happens and she makes a meal for them and then she drops it off for that person. She loves to watch kids. Now, and don't be like, <laughs> like uh, she loves to watch kids. And I'm like, do we have to watch all these people's kids? Like, I don't know, we gotta watch all of them, but like, I feel like I gotta go to work right now, right? She loves to watch kids because she knows it's a way for couples who don't get to spend time together to spend time together. So she loves to watch kids. She loves to meet and encourage moms. My wife now, I think this is, we're going like nine years of her um, homeschooling, which is uh, crazy. And, and now she loves to turn around and she loves to invest in other moms who are trying to take this journey. But just meeting with moms in general, um, she loves to help people and meet with them who are going through loss. And, and she loves to just walk with people in life. Like that's one of her giftings. She, she honestly has a high gift for empathy, empathy. I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> I mean, that's why we're opposites. God has given her all the empathy and I let her handle that. You know what I'm saying? But I have to acknowledge that in her as well and allow her to use those giftings. So maybe what, that, what is that for you? And I love seeing like couples in our church and families in our church when someone has a baby or someone's sick or whatever, like I love seeing when like someone steps up and they just create a meal train for people. And like, maybe you do that. You know, maybe it's like Mercy Depot. That's like our missions highlight this month. Mercy Depot is literally the little building right out here. You might wonder what that little building is. Five days a week, we feed people in our community. I think we're about to open it back up where people can actually eat inside. And, and listen, like that entire ministry, the entire ministry is 100% volunteer led. And maybe that's something for you that you'd be a part of. Right here on Friday nights, we do celebrate recovery where people with their hurts, habits, and hangups come here and meet. And, and maybe that's something for you because maybe you had a past of addiction and now you can turn around and use it for God. What is your thing that you're gonna do together as a couple that will allow Christ to shine through you? Maybe it's just this family that you see and you just love on them or you know they don't have a lot and so you give things for their kids. What, like, what is that thing for you? Unity in marriage doesn't mean you are the same. Unity means you are together. Doesn't mean you're the same. As a matter of fact, if you're polar opposites like Aaron and I, we are, we are polar opposites. I mean, direct, the, the only things we agree on in life is like, is faith, is our family and like ministries, like that's it. That's it. Outside of that, we're very different. But here's what I want you to understand. God brought us together and I have to see her differences as strengths to my weaknesses. And her weaknesses, I have strengths in her weaknesses. And when we start looking at our spouse for, you're such a pain, but wow, no, you truly bring something that I don't have. God brings that together, it shows how powerful of a couple you can be together. But you gotta stop looking at your spouse like the enemy and start seeing them as the gift that God has given you. I know they don't seem like a gift right now. They're a gift and God gave them to you. How are you gonna foster that gift? When Aaron and I, when we were first married, I was a student pastor and and I told her, I was like, hey, like, I need help. I need help with like 
these girls and counseling like these teenage girls, they got all these issues and our student ministry was growing super quickly and, and that's what she did. And, and we've always been the type of people that said like, we're gonna do ministry in our home. We want people to like be in our house and like, we don't wanna be like, hey, you stay over there or we'll meet you outside. We always have opened up our home and we've had hundreds of teenagers come through our house and like just spend time. And like I've ate countless amounts of pizza and done like the dumbest things to spend time with teenagers. Now that I've pastoring a church and this is going on eight years for us, we've had hundreds of people at our home, we bring couples over, sometimes like 40, 50 people, just craziness like, and we just bring people over and we get to know people because I want them to know like, hey, we're real people. I'm a real person. I struggle just like you. You can see our stuff and, and this is our house. And like, yes, my kids really are feral. You will see it for yourself at our house. And I continue to learn and grow and we're doing that together. And I'm seeing as we've been married longer and longer, how God has gifted my wife and so I have to acknowledge that, not just with my acknowledgement, but with the dollars behind it as well. Hey, this is what you believe God has called you to do or you should be doing. Then we're gonna put money behind that and do it, right? I don't know who does the finances in your house. Uh, in our house, it's me because Asians are good with numbers. That's just common sense. That's just what, what we do. But I have to get behind her so that she can do what God has called her to do and we make those things possible. I had to be okay to invest in that. And our ministry today could never be what it is without her. I could never do what I'm doing today without her. There's so many areas where I'm flawed and weak and there are so many times where I felt like she was keeping me from all the things that God had for me, but I realized, no, she was actually helping me go further faster. When we start looking at our spouse in the right way, not as the enemy, and then you start fighting the real enemy, you'll find progress that you'll make in your marriage that you never thought was possible. That is mission driven. What God seeks to unite, the devil schemes to divide. And if you're honest, what is driving your marriage? Most of us, the thing that's driving your marriage are finances or the lack thereof. It's trying to pay the house, trying to pay the car. It's trying to get a better job, trying to get the promotion so that you can pay for all the things that you have so you can do all the things that you have to pay off the credit card stuff that you have. Maybe for you, it's your kids and everything with your kids. And it's like, you know, they're gotta go to sports and they got a house and you got to travel and it's vacations, it's this and that. Maybe for you, it's your hobbies and the things that you live for and it's the things that you wanna be a part of. Maybe for you, you got grown kids, but maybe your mission right now in your marriage is your grandbabies and just being around them and trying to be with them. What is eating away at your time? What is the thing that is taking most to you, for you? Does it bring you closer to your spouse or further away? And if it's bringing you further away from your spouse, what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? Well, we'll just see where it lands. That's what most people do about it. We'll just see where it lands. Maybe things will be okay until you find out it's a lot more expensive to separate than to stay together. It's a lot harder to just go, we'll go our separate ways instead of calling a counselor. Guys, it might just be time to do that. That's what Aaron and I had to do. It changed everything for us. It doesn't make you weak, it makes you strong. When you can acknowledge weakness in the face and say, I need help, that doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. We got too many guys who feel like they're gonna be weak if they reach out for help. That's not weakness, that's strength. 
So do something different. The enemy, he's scheming to destroy your marriage and your life and your kids. Do you wanna just see him every other weekend? Hey, our, our church is filled with people who have going through that or have gone through that. And they'll tell you, hey, sometimes it works out great. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they find someone better and hey, this is just how it is. Their life has moved on, but then sometimes it doesn't. Don't bank on the fact that like, you're gonna be the one like this, everything's gonna work out great. Cause it might not. It doesn't mean things are gonna be better. The devil's looking for ways to destroy not only your marriage, for those of you who aren't married yet, your future marriage. He's looking for things right now to ruin ultimately what you want in life. And the thing that you ultimately want in life, there's no easy path to get there. There's gonna be a lot of friction. There's gonna be a lot of tension. There's gonna be difficulties along the way. And so for those of you who are saying like, Daniel, we're trying to follow God together, but things are getting harder. Things are getting more difficult. It's just tough. I don't know how we're gonna make it through this next season. I'm telling you, as you start to follow Jesus, you put a target on your chest and the enemy says, oh, no, 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 no. I liked when you slept in. I liked when you just went and watched the, I liked when you like made church second class and now you're trying to do something. No, 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 I won't allow it. But if your unity is strong together, what did I say? He's gonna come after your kids next because he likes to see brokenness. And so when you hear things in your marriage, usually it's our own voices, or maybe it's the voice of your spouse. And you hear things about you that are negative. That is not God. That's the enemy. And it's time to start fighting the real enemy. So this morning, I'm gonna end the service very differently. We're gonna have some music play. We're not singing a song. This morning, I'm, I'm praying for couples in our church. And there's this moment last week, I challenge you to just pray with your spouse and just pray with each other. But this morning, what I'm gonna ask you to do as I end the service today, is I'm just gonna pray and I'm gonna give you a couple moments. It will be awkward maybe for some of you because you have tension in your relationship. That's okay if that there's tension, acknowledge it and begin to work through it. Nothing gets better when you keep it the same. You press into something different and say, this is what we were doing. Now this is what we're going to do. Men, it's time for you maybe right there to say, I'm gonna do something different today. I'm gonna step up and lead. Women, maybe it's time for you to say like, no, we've got to fight for better things together. It's time to put Christ back in the center of your relationship and to say, we're gonna be driven by mission. We're not gonna allow these other things to drive us apart anymore. We're gonna be driven together. We want an uncommon unity. But how this message ends today, how this service ends today, that's not on me and it's not on God and it's not on anyone here, it's on you. What are you gonna do? to say enough is enough. Our marriage may not be the best, but we can start over today and we can choose to do some new things and it's gonna be ugly, it's gonna be messy, but you know what? Dan talks about all the time that life should never be done on our own and that's what the church is for and we're gonna really just stake our ground and say, no, we're gonna really grind into this thing because we want better. We want better. 
to be married for 50 years. We want to be the marriage that people look at and go, I want that. Not because it's just some fictitious thing, but because it's real, because you've gone through the pain, you've gone through the hurt, and you've made it through because you've kept your life on Jesus. You built your life on Him. So this is your opportunity today to maybe for the first time in a long time, grab the hand of your spouse and to pray. And maybe you say, God, I don't know what to pray. Maybe you just hold her hand, maybe you hold his hand and you sit there in silence and you pray in your heart. But the grip of your hand tells them, I know, and we're gonna get through it. Maybe if you're single here this morning, the enemy is trying to ruin your life. And you pray, God, you prepare me now to be the man, to be the woman you have called me to today. A person will never complete you. You're fully complete in Christ. And today you say, God, I give you my life and I will build it on you.